Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Thanks for listening, everyone. Food for Thought has been on the air for six or seven weeks, and we've learned a few things from doing this show. We've learned the power of radio, particularly WJR, is alive and well. The listenership, the audience, the people of Michigan are listening, and we are proud to be in partnership with WJR and the entire team here. We've learned that our topic, our mission of creating food security, is top of the mind for a lot of people, and they welcome the positive, solution-oriented conversation we are having on this show. We've learned that hunger impacts every facet of life in our state. It drains our economy. It hampers our educational outcomes, negatively impacts our future workforce, threatens our national security, robs our children of their potential and seniors of their dignity. It steals hope from the working class who are struggling with more month than money and takes captive the minds of those who live under its constant yoke. We've learned that as stubborn of a problem as food insecurity is, we are more obstinate than it is. We've learned we must grow ourselves as leaders to solve this big, complex, multi-layered challenge. We've learned that everyone, and I mean everyone, wants to solve hunger. We've learned to create a solution, you first need to define the problem. We've had small business owners and corporate executives discuss their commitment to solving hunger. We've had a vice president with the United Auto Workers and the CEO of the Small Business Association both share their personal desire to help create food security. We realize that solving hunger become, begins in the field and our Michigan farmers are stating their desire to grow and give to accomplish this mission. We've learned there are companies, big successful companies like Farm Bureau of Michigan who want to see this scourge lifted from our society and believe in our mission so much they came on as the sponsor for our show. We've had education leaders and the highest ranking law enforcement official in the state proclaim on food for thought the need and belief food security can be realized in Michigan in our lifetime. We've learned from food banking professionals who lead a complex system of charity, transportation, food procurement, inventory, warehousing, human resources, that this mission is a worthy investment of their one handful of life. We've learned a lot in six weeks, and we've more to share and more to learn. You come back and be with Jerry Brisson and I as Food for Thought. This journey continues right here on WJR. Welcome back to Food for Thought, sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Once again, here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Jerry Brisson is here in the studio with me. And Ken Novus is on our WJR line. Ken is the president for the Milk, uh, Michigan Milk Producers Association. Ken, welcome to Food for Thought. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's excellent to have you. Um, I have to begin with a story. Um, 
Uh, Jerry Ken invited me to, uh, and his team invited me to come to their state association meeting. Uh, and so I went, and it's a huge gathering. It, I was just astounded at how many people were there. It's a first-class event that Ken runs. And uh, he invited me on stage, and I had the opportunity to speak to the group for a few minutes. And then I, I thought my job was done, and I turned around to leave. And Ken stepped to the podium, and he 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 called me down and said, Phil, wait, don't go anywhere. Stay right here for a minute. And I had no idea what was coming. And the next moments, Ken announced to the entire association membership and to all of Michigan and particularly to our food banks that the Michigan Milk Producers Association were donating 100 gallons of milk per day uh, in celebration of their 100th anniversary. Yeah, what a great story, and and what an impactful thing to do. Milk is one of the most popular items that we have available. There's never enough, and so 100 gallons a day is a huge contribution and is making a big difference. So, Ken, tell us tell us a little bit about Milk Michigan Milk Producers Association, and more importantly for our listeners, I think even why would you guys make such a generous gift? Well, I'll start with a little bit about Michigan Milk Producers Association. Um, we did a year ago celebrate our 100th anniversary of existence in the state of Michigan. We market about 5 billion pounds of milk a year. It's about a little, about 45% of the milk that's produced in the state of Michigan. And uh, the, the, the reason that we, we uh, donated the milk is that we became very aware within the last couple of years of the need for milk in the food bank system. Mm -hmm. We actually made our first contribution in 2015, and then we really ramped it up in early 2016 when we learned about the lead issue in Flint and the role that milk could play to help alleviate the ramifications of the lead poisoning, especially in children. Um, Subsequent to that, we we made several more uh, donations, including the 100 gallons of milk a day for 365 days to help make an impact on feeding, especially the the kids in the state of Michigan that are disadvantaged. Well, in fact, I wanted to bring that up because um, I remember being with you at an event in Flint uh, on several occasions, and uh, in fact, I couldn't hardly go to Flint without seeing you there. <laughs> Michigan Milk Producers was, you know, you didn't have to introduce yourself to anyone in Flint. You you were there. You were there in the mid, middle of the crisis. And again, I think that the, um, the contribution that Michigan Milk Producers Association was able to make was a turning point and certainly a great help toward the alleviation of that lead exposure issue among the children, especially. Well, let me tell you a little bit about a backstory here, because we did that at our at our board level at Michigan Milk, mm-hmm. and and it took me it took me all of maybe thirty minutes. I had to call individually twelve different board members, and their immediate reaction was, "Yes, of course, we want to do it." Wow! But then, even more importantly, I think I had a we were going through our local annual meeting process a year ago when that happened. And before it hit the press, I had a meeting in southern Michigan and with one of our, our local uh, association members there. And I broke the news to them on what we had done. And 
it was silent for just a few seconds, and then all they did is clap. Wow. Wow. and, and the reaction that I had from them and other members when they learned of it is, can we do more? Wow. Ken, he's Ken Nobis. He is the president for the Michigan Milk Association. And, uh, Ken, that's an amazing yeah, – I, I love what you just said about your board and that as soon as you shared the need, they were all in immediate yes. Jerry, you're itching here. I can I can see it in you. Well, you know, it's it's one of the ways that we frame the purpose of doing food for thought is that in order to solve a problem, the first criteria is that people want to solve it. Well, what a great story that highlights that point. And I think it's why, and fundamentally, one of the things that makes hunger an issue that we can fix. I mean, it it's it's I don't know anybody who says, you know what, I don't really care. When you let people know that that it makes a difference, that people need it, and that it it will uh, fundamentally help people move from where they are to something better than that. I mean, lead remediation, when you think of solving hunger, do you think about that? No. But here we are right now talking about yet another reason why solving this problem has a broader effect than the problem itself. And so, I mean, I just get excited. It's hard not to get excited to hear not only the reaction of your group, but the the awareness of what this is doing for the people in the state of Michigan. is It's just phenomenal. Well, it's one of the best experiences I've had just serving on the board and, and being president of the uh, Michigan Milk Producers Association. It's, uh, it just gives everybody a warm, warm feeling for ha- having been a part of helping to resolve a hunger and nutrition issue in the state of Michigan. Ken, thanks so much for being with us here on Food for Thought. He's Ken Nobis, and he is the president for the Michigan Milk um, Producers Association. Uh, but more importantly, Ken, I want to say thank you for your life and for your investment and uh, for your belief in this mission and for coming alongside of the Food Bank Council and our seven food banks across the state that are committed to creating food security. So thank you for all you're doing, and thank you for what you've done, and we look forward to the future together. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you for what you do. We've looked into the Food Bank Council, and that was the the first choice uh, association or group to, to partner with to get the, the milk to the people that need it. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for being with us. This is uh, Dr. Phil Knight with Jerry Brisson. You're listening to Food for Thought on WJR. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Jerry Brisson is here in the studio with me and on our WJR line, Senator Peter McGregor. Uh, Senator McGregor, thanks for taking the time uh, away from uh, all that's going on in Lansing to be on Food for Thought today with us. Thanks, Phil, and thanks, Jerry. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Well, uh, uh, Senator McGregor, I I think we should just dive right in. I remember that you and I met uh, at a Farm Bureau uh, convention over in Grand Rapids uh, a couple of three years ago, and um, I think you had uh, your wife with you that day, and um, and you were explaining to her the work of the food banks, and, and uh, we kind of walked alongside of you. In fact, I think that uh, uh, we had a conversation, and uh, you uttered a couple of questions at the end of that conversation, and I haven't gotten over those questions yet. And those two questions were, why not us, as in why not Michigan, and why not now? Why couldn't we solve 
food insecurity and make sure these seniors and these kids, these children, have access to enough food. And I have to just tell you, um, you know, we all talk a lot. We say a lot of things. But those were two questions that have impacted my mind and my heart and I think have really shaped, was a catalyst in shaping us at the Food Bank Council. And I can't thank you enough for that. Oh, you're welcome. I know the Food Bank Council does does awesome work in, in connecting resources, and you guys are logistic experts, and it's just it's, it's solution management. And uh, there's a real problem out there with, with uh, feeding our communities, but it's also our communities can be part of the solution. So to me, it, it seemed like there were some some simple answers there, and it's not just being able to appropriate money. It's uh, having someone or, or uh, an organization like the, the Food Bank Council to, you know, kind of manage uh, that appropriation and make sure it gets to the, to the right resources. And you guys do an awesome job. You know, I, I think I, I love the, the absolutely solution management is what we're trying to be about. I think one of the challenges that we have in managing solutions and not only letting people know there is a solution, but really convincing people there's a problem. Now, as somebody who's hearing from people and seeing people all the time, just as part of what you have to do to be successful, what would you say to somebody that says, I don't think hunger's a problem right now? Well, I, I, I would have to, to, to say that they need to open their eyes. It, it, and it's not just the poor. It's the seniors. It's the, the children in school. I mean, there's, it, it's, it's right in front of our face. And uh, you should, if your eyes are open, you can see it every day. And so, uh, you know, I, I tell my colleagues in Lansing that, uh, that, that there, are, there are some solutions out there that have a lot of evidence on, on what is working and how we are making a difference. There is uh, the ability to get a high return on investment, and that's, you know, putting some um, resources towards uh, the Food Bank Council. And, and I, I think that's kind of the direction that, that we've been going over the past couple of years. And, um, you know, when I show them the statistics that are provided by your organization to to uh, my colleagues, they have no problem at all making sure that they get continue to get the resources needed. Yeah. thank uh, Senator McGregor, thank you, because um, the opportunity to have that conversation with you and with some of your staff uh, has been a very encouraging to us and our work. And when you think about that um, food insecurity across the board in Michigan is coming down, it's coming down for every group except one, and that's our senior population. And we've had we've done a show here on Food for Thought to talk about some of the reasons why with Paula Cunningham from AARP. And but it's it is exciting to see a bit of the trend coming down uh, across the board for almost every section of our population. And I think some of that is because. We have folks in leadership positions like yourself who, um, I, I guess it could be a cliche, but I don't want it to be because uh, it, I think it's a, a great title. It's something that really uh, impacts all the citizens of our state, and that is to have someone like yourself who is a hunger champion, someone who believes in the work, who sees that there could be an end, a solution in mind. And, uh, you know, I think leaders think before, they think better, and they think beyond the rest of us. And I think you've demonstrated that kind of leadership, particularly on this issue. 
Well, it seems like I have the easier position uh, out of the two of us. The, the way <laughs> that you guys are able to use those those resources, you, the, it's you, you guys are incredible responders to to the need out there. And uh, appropriating money, in my eyes, is the easy part. Actually, making sure that that you connect these resources to to the agencies, to the food banks, to the pantries, to the need that's out there. You guys are, are doing the amazing work. You know, if you keep saying appropriating the money is the easy part, we're just going to keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that because the return on investment, I, you know, being on, on the Department of Health and Human Services Appropriation Subcommittee, we're talking a billion dollars here and there on, on different programs. I mean, the total, it's a $24 billion uh, state appropriation for the full committee, and yet, uh, when when we appropriate two hundred fifty thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, we're not talking billion. We're talking thousands of dollars to food banks, and and you have the return on investment that is over two million dollars. It's just it, it's absolutely amazing for for the the use of those tax dollars to solve the problems that you guys are doing. That's I wish every program was like that. Well, I think there's even more opportunity, right? And that's part of the reason why we think hunger is solvable. It is a return on investment because not only where the food comes from, like through the MASS program and, and helping Michigan farmers while we're feeding people that need that extra bit of help, that's, that's another example of a return on investment. It leverages a lot of different resources that are already at play to drive a solution. And so, of course, we believe it can be done. And part of the reason is because we're putting heads together with you and your colleagues and farmers and business people and and saying, hey, it, it, we want to do it, we can do it, so let's do it. It's just amazing how you guys and your partnerships connect those resources. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm thrilled that, that, that we have partners like, like the Food Bank Council. He's Senator Pete McGregor. He is from the 28th District, and uh, he is what we would affectionately known at the Food Bank Council and here on Food for Thought as a hunger champion. He cares so much for uh, not just the citizens in his own district that he serves, but really the conversations that we've had, Senator. Uh, it's about the entire state and how we can, uh, we can come together as a public-private partnership and pull the resources together Uh, to make sure that people have access to healthy, nutritious food. We thank you for your belief. We thank you for your commitment. And uh, most of all, we thank you for being on Food for Thought today and taking the time away and uh, being with us. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Jerry. I really appreciate being on the show. Great to have you. Uh, Jerry and I will be right back here on Food for Thought here on WJR in just a moment. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Senator McGregor, uh, Ken Nobis, what do you think, Jerry? I mean, those two gentlemen, leaders from the state, but yet they're they're, they're entities that they represent working together to help us in our mission. Yeah, and it it makes it so clear why it's important for for people who you wouldn't necessarily put together to be working together. And and I love the way Ken talked about milk was a vital component 
of what needed to happen in Flint as a result of the water crisis. When you think about Flint, you don't think about milk and you don't think about hunger first off, right? But here we have uh, the work that was done on the ground with the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. And I know you can talk a lot more about that than I can, Phil, but you've got that work on the ground coming together with a senator and other legislators who really understand the link between food and food security and solving a lot of problems up to and including lead abatement. Well, you're exactly right, Jerry. And so kind of the how this unfolded was uh, after the crisis hit and the governor talked about a um, uh, an appropriation to help with the problem the the very first appropriation that came out I think it was around 28 million dollars or somewhere in that uh, there was a group of us in Lansing that represented these organizations so uh, the Food Bank Council of Michigan representing the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan Michigan State University Extension that no, neither of those entities had to introduce themselves in the city of Flint. Because while we're talking about lead abatement and the foods and how we work together to distribute and to educate, the real thing that we had, the commodity that we traded on first, was trust. Absolutely. Because there wasn't a lot of trust. If you'll think back to those days, you know, it's like President Reagan said, the scariest words you've, you've probably ever heard is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was, it's a, it was a, a low-trust culture there in Flint, but the two entities that really had the people's trust were the food banks and, and the Michigan State University Extension. So we did what we do best, and I think what you guys do better than anybody across this state, and actually I could say across this nation, and that is your distribution network, the ability to move from point A to point B what people need. Now, normally in our day-to-day work, that's about food security, right? But this is in the midst of a crisis. So it wasn't just food. It was a certain type of food and then water on top of that. And I think some of the challenges there – we're just the 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 glaring scope of the need. But Food Bank of Eastern Michigan had a hundred distribution points in the city of Flint already. So they were dealing with this problem. And then here comes MSU Extension with uh the the nutritional education, which some of that came from cooking matters. And we know that you're the distributor, that is Gleaners, is the the one state distributor for cooking matters. And you couldn't do one without the other. You couldn't distribute the food that were that helped in the lead abatement without the educational piece. And it was two organizations that came together with a lot of other groups as well, but everybody worked in their strength. And here again is the power of keeping people in the loop and making sure that there's this trust built, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, when when things had to happen, the state needed a way to spend the money it had to solve the problem of the people that had already consumed too much lead. And their diet turned out to be one of the most significant ways they could make a difference. And so there were organizations in place making that difference who could receive those funds 
and people like the uh, the um, dairy association and the the Michigan milk producers right. who who could make donations of uh, 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 you know thousands and thousands of gallons of milk. Right. But if you don't have the networks in place and you don't know who to take those resources to, you just can't get it done. So again, the Food Bank Council of Michigan being a critical. Uh, catalyst for all those relationships for all of us in the state. And we don't know when the next crisis will happen exactly or what it will be. But what we do know is we continue to build solutions around the problems we face. We apply excellent techniques and we get great results. So what was cool, though, and I think this show illustrates it with uh, with with Ken Nobus from the Michigan Milk Producers Association, who, you know, he didn't he had one thing. But it was a very critical thing. It was milk that was high in, in calcium and and the other foods, high in iron, high in vitamin C. And he said, this is what we can do to help solve the problem. Could he solve the whole problem? No. He had the product, but he didn't have the delivery. And that's where we were able to come in. So everybody working in their strength. And then, you know, you have Senator McGregor, who is a true hunger champion, who's saying, hey, I know where we we got to be careful how we spend this money. We got to make sure that it that needs are met, that the return on our investment is high and that people who are are partnering with us are competent, they're professional and they're going to be able and that doesn't just involve moving stuff from A to B, but you got to have an accounting system there, a warehouse system so that you know where what is at any given time. And we were had that kind of competency. That's just what you guys do every day. And you know, the continuous learning involved in this is a is another really key point. So as we went through the the water crisis in Flint and learned about the foods that families need in order to overcome that kind of a crisis, it deepens our thinking about the importance and the way we need to do our work. So we have uh, just at Gleaners. Uh, initiated a program to get 10 times the amount of milk through our network as we were able to do before. Hmm. And it was from that learning, right? Now, we're not pinpointing a lead problem, but by learning that milk not only is a food people want and need, that it's low-fat, high-protein, it has a lot of other good things in it, it's part of a really healthy diet, and by being familiar with people who would be willing to help, like um, the the milk producers in Michigan, we can put that all together and say, let's now work this into our regular stream of operation, explain to people the impact of that, and that becomes how solution building happens, yeah. right? You keep learning, you apply those learnings, you let people know the difference they can make, and they will make a difference because they want to solve this problem. I, I think you're right. And, you know, it's, it, it's people who are have some self-awareness, you know, Ken Novus and the Michigan Milk Producers Association could not solve the entire problem in Flint during the water crisis, but they could certainly contribute. And and a key strategic contribution. And I, I think that just bodes well for all of us. You know, I go back to, you know, certain quotes that I tend to use and reuse a little bit, but, you know, uh, I think back to the greatest mistake somebody ever makes is when they choose to do nothing because they think they can only do a little. 
Yeah, and I will say this again, Phil, the importance of the work of the Food Bank Council of Michigan is being a catalyst for so many relationships with people who can do their part. And and we have food security across the whole state, and us food banks on the ground are doing our part, right? And, and at, to varying degrees of little, you know, whatever little means, right? right. We know we have a lot more work to do. We're going to keep doing it, and we so appreciate you bringing these relationships to us so that we can make a bigger difference. Well, I got a pretty easy job to be honest about it because um, the incredible work that are done by the six food banks and the one food rescue operation uh, is uh, is a difference maker. And what we're discovering is that the work that you do is applicable to other areas. And I think the Flint water crisis is one of those illustrations. Now, we don't want any more crisis, but if they do come, and they will come, we're ready. Absolutely right. And we know there's people standing beside us, people like you who are listening right now, willing to stand beside us as we walk on this journey, really understand the impact of our work, and do the things that make the most sense to help and heal our community. There's no doubt about it. So it's an exciting time, really, to be having these conversations. And I think we learn, and we get ideas, and we innovate, and, uh, you know, and then we fail, <laughs> and we learn more. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going from one success to a learning experience, and we're learning how this work can be done and how to go to the next level of food security. Jerry Brisson, Philip Knight, we'll be right back in just a moment. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. And now, another Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan moment. I have on the phone with me Luke Throne, who is the president for the Jackson County Farm Bureau. And Luke, you guys do something really unique in order to help solve hunger in your community, and you do it through a tournament. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, Yeah, that's correct. We do a uh, cornhole tournament. It's hosted by the uh, County Young Farmer Committee. We do it at the county fair every year. Uh, it's a uh, tournament takes a couple hours uh, during fair week. We invite all the 4-Hers and any attendees at the fair who want to attend. They do pay an entry fee. That entry fee um, helps to go to uh, the food bank. And then our, our major uh, money maker is actually sponsors. Right. We send out letters to sponsors a few weeks before the event and give them the opportunity to donate some money in exchange for um, some advertising for the company. So, so we have... Go ahead. Yeah. We have three levels of sponsorship. Um, the first level, I, I, you donate 50 bucks and you get your name on the T-shirt that all the attendees get. Mm-hmm. And then the next two levels, you get progressively higher in the dollar amounts and the amount of um, pieces of advertising you get. So I, I'm just going to throw this out here, uh, Luke. This is uh, Luke Throne from uh, Jackson County, and he's the president for the Jackson County Farm Bureau. Uh, and and I'm just going to throw this out here that I'm a pretty darn good cornhole player. So <laughs> I don't know if there's teams or, uh, you know, is this individual competition, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I might want to get in on this. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a two-person team. And uh, we we play the the normal 
National Cornhole Association rules. Um, and so during fair week, which is usually the first week in August for Jackson County, right? you come on out to the fair, sign up at our booth, and you're in. Cool. Well, hey, do you have a partner? <laughs> I actually don't get to play. I, I'm uh, usually the one running the, the game, so I'm, I'm usually on the microphone coaching everyone and keeping everyone on track. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I might bring a ringer in then, and uh, we come down for the uh, Cornhole Tournament there at the Jackson County Fair, sponsored by Luke Throne, who is the president for the Jackson County Farm Bureau. Luke, tell me just really quick, why do you guys do this in order to benefit the food banks and pantries in your area? Well, as, as farmers, we, we are inherently uh, – concerned about feeding the hungry and feeding the people in america so that's our day-to-day job Mm -hmm. and um we were just looking for a way within the county to one reach out and let people know we're here let people know about the farm bureau and what we do and two uh feed the hungry and three maybe get some young farmers involved excellent that's an ffa Man, that's, that's great. Luke, thanks so much for giving your life to this great cause of making sure people are food secure. And we recognize here on Food for Thought that solving hunger starts in the field. He's Luke Throne. He is the president for the Jackson County Farm Bureau. Thank you for being on the Farm Bureau Moment. And Jerry, you know, I, I shared a joke uh, earlier that scariest words you ever hear, you, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. But there's really another, you know, some people laugh, and but there's really a whole other side to that, that government can do things for us that we can't do for ourselves. And right now, there's such an animosity, even on social media, and in conversations with people, with this political climate, and it's really hard to get anything done. And now we got a whole group of people who think compromise is not a good strategy. And it's really how things happen, particularly in the political world. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I do think that um, when you when you look at what having a point of view really means, right? And politics is all about points of view. A point of view is where our passion for something comes from. Mm-hmm. And as we get an educated point of view, that passion can be deepened and broadened. And with that, you need involvement, especially the bigger the problem is to tackle. Your your point of view has to deepen and broaden enough to encompass enough people so that the problem can actually be solved. And when your point of view becomes narrower and narrower in terms of the number of people that can participate in it, the less likely it's actually going to solve a problem. So when so politics ultimately is a good thing as it drives us to deepen our point of view and to broaden the number of people involved in the conversation till we can get to a place where a problem can actually be solved. I can you know one of the premises for food for thought is can we talk? Can we have these conversations? And I really liked what Senator McGregor here was on. I don't think when you listen to him, you could tell whether he was a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. Because but you could tell that he cares about children. I think, too, that as the Food Bank Council of Michigan and our board of directors continue to work on the creation of the blueprint to solve hunger, as we further define the problem, we can better create the solution. And part of that solution is looking at the needs of people. 
and being able to say, because this person has this need, now the crisis in Flint was acute, and, and we could see it readily, and we knew what the needs were, and we rallied to that point to create the solution and I'm talking specifically about the lead abatement and the foods and, and how the partnerships came together and worked together. Uh, in fact, I was in D.C. just this week, and uh, a gentleman who works for MSU Extension, uh, we were at uh, Debbie Stabenow's uh, Michigan Coffee Hour, and we looked across the room and we knew each other, and we went over and we saw each other, and uh, we shook hands and we gave each other a hug, and it was two of us, one from MSU Extension and one from the Food Bank Council, who this crisis brought together and created a bond that we miss in our society when we're trying to solve these problems. Absolutely right. And a great example of how spending time with people, solving a problem that we can all agree needs to be solved, helps you solve the next problem too. It does. And politics has a role to play, and I'm happy that we were able to have Senator Pete McGregor on with us to illustrate the positive side of contribution from the political scene. We haven't had a lot of examples of that, and it was, today was a great example. Awesome. So here's some food for thought. This mission of creating food security unites us as few other causes or ideals are able to do. Everyone, and I mean everyone, wants to solve hunger. No one, and I mean no one, wants to see hunger continue to plague our state, our children, our seniors, or those in between. So forget your ideology and grab hold of the ideal that is bigger and better and will last longer than you do. And join us today in our mission to take hunger off the table all across Michigan. Thanks for listening to our show and for sharing our podcast. Jerry and I will be back next week. You come back and be with us. Good night, everyone. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.